again. This is Harold Collins with the Sarnia Indie Night Podcast. Uh, this is episode three. Um, on this one, I have Mike McKay's um, of the Grove Productions in Kamlaki. Mike owns and operates the Grove Productions. Um, he's also a former band member uh, of a band called The Joys from London, Ontario. I believe they were stationed out of. Uh, toured all over North America um, for, I, I believe, 15 to 20 years he did that. Uh, as well, he's recorded and produced a lot of uh, local albums here of bands and musicians. Um, I thought it would, I should open this up to people that support um, the scene here. Mike also hosts a show called Beyond Mainstream on the radio station here, K1063. Uh, that's Sunday nights, I believe, at 8 p.m. Features bands and music you probably generally wouldn't hear on commercial radio. So, without further ado, Mike McKay's. Hello. <laughs> uh, so today I'm with Mike McKay's of the Grove Productions in Kamalaki, a short drive from Sarnia. Uh, Mike is a former uh, touring musician from the band The Joys. That's right. Uh, he currently runs and owns and operates, or whatever it's called, the Grove Productions. I think I just said that. <laughs> no, I know. That's why you said I currently run. I'm like, yeah, I like to train a little bit. I like to stay healthy. Uh, so, Mike, thanks for joining me on this podcast. I just named last night. It's called the Sarnia Indie Nights Podcast. I like it. <laughs> it's lame as fuck, but whatever. Um, what does that come out to in an acronym? Sarnia Indie Nights. What is it? podcast simp 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 <laughs> yeah simps. that's that's what i should the simps yeah that's what i should do um so mike can you give us a little bit of a background on yourself like um how, so how long do were you in the joys for <coughs> pardon me um cough as much as you want thanks it's especially a, into the mic yeah and, and it's uh anyway i won't make any jokes but um not at, not at this time, anyways. Not about <laughs> health. Uh, okay, so uh, the joys. Well, it give you a little bit of a background. I, I originally I always wanted to be a music producer, and um, has my levels here. Good, you're good. So I ended up going to school at Fanshawe College for Music Industry Arts, and I think I graduated in ninety. Diploma's up there. Ninety. He's checking for. <laughs> yeah, I was just looking at my <laughs> diploma. I always forget. It was a long time ago. We were still using reel-to-reel tape back then. Like digital was just starting. Okay. Yeah, and I had no idea what I was doing with that. Um, like when whenever we have to do edits on on music, we'd actually have to like get a razor blade out and cut the oh, tape, yeah. and then and and then like scrub it, like grab the reels and and find like where the kick drum was and boop. Yeah. Okay, there it is, and then cut it with a razor blade, and then and then tape it together, and that's how we edited it. It was like really time consuming. But anyway, so. That was in 98. I toured, uh, I met some people and, and toured with a band for about five years around Canada uh, before the Joys. And then that band broke up and and then uh, I met Sarah Smith. Well, the manager for my band, uh, he was helping me find another band to play with and he said, "These check out these guys. And, and it was Sarah Smith and a band called Pop Joy at the time. And um, <clears throat> they were actually looking for a drummer. And, uh, and, and when I, 
when I met her, we just we clicked. We we got along really well. I, I really um, enjoyed her uh, her stage presence and uh, her personality and uh, her sense of adventure. And so I ended up, they fired the guitar player as well as a drummer. So we got a new drummer and then I, I, I replaced the guitar player at the time. And um, so, yeah, we toured around from like, oh, like 2000 until 2010. And um, when I got to the point where I, I just knew I didn't want to be on the road anymore, it had been 15 years by then. We were doing like 200 plus shows a year. Wow. So yeah, so I was I was gone a lot, and it was really difficult to maintain any kind of business relationships or personal relationships outside of that. And yeah. and I lost my mom a couple of years before that. In uh, 90 no 2007, I think it was September 2007, no 2006, and uh, and then I still put like a couple of years into it. We did we did a couple more records, and I was just I was burned out and. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided that was a good time to uh, make play. your exit. Yeah, make my exit and 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 start focusing more on on the production side of things and using all those experiences I had with recording records with different producers and 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 studying different various business models and how I wanted to uh, approach my business mm-hmm. and my my presence in the industry. And um, yeah, so and I was living in London at the time. I had moved to Brights Grove, and then uh, hence the name, the Grove Productions. Now mm-hmm. it's in Camlacky, which is still pretty close to Brights Grove. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, here I am. Is there a particular reason you settled in this area? Yeah, I love the. Uh, I love the. Well, initially it was a girl, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but the thing was, um, I love the area so much. I love being near the lake. Uh, I love the, the farmland. It's just, it's got a real serene energy to it. Um, so that's, that's the main reason. When you came to start, when you decided to settle in this area, Brights Grove originally, how was the music scene in this area? Um... Well, there wasn't much of one, because I, I, like, that was... Yeah. When was that that you, you were here, like, you moved here, like, 20... Yeah, it would have been, like, 2000 and, uh... Yeah. Ooh, 2010. Okay. Around 2010. Yeah. Oh, uh, no, a little earlier than that. Probably t- 2008. Right. Yeah. yeah. So a big cover band scene. Yeah. There, well, I, I started working at Patty shortly after I moved here, too, and they had a music scene going on there. Um, locally, hmm. Yeah, I, I worked with a few artists. Um, th- you know, there, there's a few underground artists, like uh, When Systems Collide. I worked with them. Right, Derek okay. Walsh's band, Dane yep. Dan Ainsworth, was yep. in that. Did I call him Dane Ainsworth? Dan, Dan, <laughs> Dan Ainsworth. <laughs> Sorry, Dane. I don't know if he'll listen, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Dane well, is a good well, one. We're going to assume everybody's going to listen right. to this. Um, so yeah, so I worked with like a f- few local artists, but because I had toured for so long, I also had connections outside of Sarnia, so I, I was okay. working with artists outside of uh, Sarnia as right, well, right? right, right. So uh, location or geography wasn't really a factor for me at that point. Right. It, it's becoming more so now just because I'm uh, I'm... Not that I'm losing connection with a lot of people, but I mean, I I had a I had built developed a certain credibility with artists around around Canada mm-hmm. and uh, outside of this area, and and you know, just being here for so long and not traveling so much, I become kind of a hermit. I, I I I'm sort of losing contact with them, so I'm 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 starting to draw a little more on more local artists, you know, right. from around between, right. uh, you know, Windsor and London. Right. 
Okay. But but it's not just bands I work with either, right? I'm also right. doing jingles for for the for the radio and um, guitar lessons, right. repairs. That so, kind of which thing. was my next question? Yeah. Uh, what does the Grove Productions like? What's your full list of services that you offer? Oh yeah, yeah, cool. No, I appreciate you asking that. So, um, music production is one, like uh, helping artists develop their their songs and then. Recording the music and turning it into a tangible uh, product, you know, whether it's like a downloadable uh, MP3 or CD. I don't even know people buy CDs anymore. I don't know. Uh, we just because we just released our EP and we struggled for a few months deciding whether or not if if physical was the way to go. So or... let's save that for another another question. Okay. Yeah. So okay. let me finish off the list of yeah. services and then we'll get to that. Okay. So. Uh, Recording, uh, developing and recording music for artists, um, writing and producing radio jingles. Um, I've also been doing uh, voiceover work for, uh, uh, what do what, what I call them? They're um, like voice presentations, like um, uh, health and safety videos. Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm also, I've been helping out an environmental association uh, with uh, online courses. And again, there's a lot of voiceover work in that. Okay. Um, guitar lessons. I've been really enjoying working with kids. That's been fun. Um, I love working with like kids that are just starting out mm-hmm. playing guitar because, yeah. like, it, it's the the amaze the 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 look of wonderment in their eyes when I go like, here's an E chord, and yeah. and and it's like I just show them the meaning of life. Mm-hmm. That's that's a pretty amazing thing, right? Yeah. And uh, and then helping them develop and watching them grow, I I, I enjoy that a lot. Uh, and also guitar repairs and right. setups. Right. Uh, just because when I was on the road touring with bands for all those years. We didn't have a guitar tech, so I had right. to learn how to do it all right. myself. Right. And Mike just did two of my guitars, and they were great. Thanks, so buddy. Thank you for that. Yeah, you're welcome. Man. Um, well, that's a. Uh, I I really wanted to pick your brain too because you are very multifaceted in that you've been uh, a band that you know started out struggling. I'm, I'm sure to to where you uh, where you are now. Mm-hmm. Um, you already answered it, but I I, I guess so. You, your your moment when you decided I'm done with the band thing mm-hmm. uh, and I want to get into you know production mm-hmm. uh, that just came from being burned out. Uh, no, I mean, like I said, I was I always I wanted to be a music producer for for a long time, and I went to school for yeah. it. The opportunity to be in a band presented itself, and. I I like to believe that when an opportunity presents itself, even if it's not exactly what I want, but it's in the same industry that I wanted it in, yeah. I, I knew that there was an opportunity there to to learn and to to grow and to develop and 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 use it as a, a vehicle to experience life and also to learn more about the industry. Right. Is there anything you miss about being in a band or being on the road? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, no, simple. because I, I enjoyed every moment of it. Right. Uh, and I did it. So, right. I mean, I can't imagine any experience that I that I might have missed. Yeah. That that I wish I would could go back and do again because yeah. I, I feel like I I I really milked it. Uh, and you guys played all over North America, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Is there any show that stands out to you that was you know your most memorable? Yeah, Western University used to have these foam parties every every. I year. I've heard of them. The beginning I of every when year. I was younger, it yeah. was crazy. So, imagine like five thousand people in front of you, and that's not the biggest crowd ever. But we played bigger crowds, and we were the headlining act. We did it for I think two or three years in a row, two years in a row for sure. And um, and so there's five thousand people in front of us, young, 
good-looking people, and and these foam cannons like just spring <laughs> water and foam on on yeah yeah I see where people with thin shirts and <laughs> I was younger at the time right? right not to say I wouldn't enjoy it now right. but uh and 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 we're playing you know we played cover tunes we also played our own tunes and and just seeing this this energy and, and knowing that we we were controlling that that whole energy and and people jumping up and down and the smiles and and the energy we, we were you know i mean th- there's all the, the the technical crew too right, right. that all the people that built the stage and the lighting and yep. and the sound system and i mean it was a huge team effort but i mean we were obviously the focal point right. and um uh yeah it was that th- that was a really good time that sounds like fun. It was a lot of fun, especially the uh, <laughs> the, the wetness of it. All of it. <laughs> it was good. Um, the wetness of it. Nice. What? So back to the joys. What was your? Uh, what? What was the writing process like? Did it? You know, was it collective or was there a main songwriter or mu- multiple? How'd that work? Yeah. Uh, so Sarah and I, because we were. I'd say we were the nucleus of the group. Yep. Uh, we had different bass players and drummers come and go. That's that's just the nature of the business. It happens. People's priorities. They're also the most expendable. Oh, musicians. come on, man! I'm just joking. <laughs> Be careful what you say. I know. Yeah, and you can edit that out if you want. Um, but yeah, it just happened that we we were we just had that relationship that um, weathered all the all the all the different changes that we went through um so we were the chief songwriters either she would come with some lyrics and some simple chords i was more of the technical guy right. uh with the riff so i'd you know sometimes come to her with a riff and go hey i got this cool riff and then we might turn that into a song right um as we developed and found some stable members like uh, as, as, uh the drummer never really uh, we had a few different drummers they never really came with any musical ideas uh our final bass player Ken Ross he'd come in with some really cool song ideas he's a good songwriter so he was contributing at the end okay okay so you guys how many albums did you guys put out it's a good question i don't i don't remember oh really i'm going to say 5 okay. maybe, maybe 6 okay i know so, well so i was going to i was going to ask that question from previously uh so when you guys were doing albums you released physical copies Yes. So and on and digitally digital was, yeah, online, it was, it was just starting to come right, out. Right, then. right, right. Yeah. So, what's your opinion on it now? If a band were to come to you and ask you your advice on releasing, what's what do you think? Yeah, well, it seems like uh, di- digital downloads is is pretty much the way to go. I I think it's still nice to have like a tangible uh, something tangible to to give away at right. at co- concerts, right? Yep. Uh, and and merchandise is a very important way to uh, to generate income for bands. So I mean, it doesn't necessarily have to be music; it can also be T-shirts, hats, whatever. You can get creative with that kind of stuff. But as far as the music goes, I don't. I was toying with the idea of like thumb drives. Yeah. Because yeah. almost every vehicle now has like a thumb drive input, right? Right. right. <clears throat> so, or I don't know, like something that people can listen to it. You know, in their on their computer or the phone, some way to transfer it to them. So, I mean, I, I guess Apple Music's still the way to go. Maybe gift cards. Yeah, that's actually that's a good idea. Um, I I know just from going to other cities, uh, playing and just for travel. Not right now because of our current pandemic, but yeah. Um, sometimes I'll see things like because on Spotify, your your artist profile, you can actually bring up like a scannable code and I'll see people leave like business cards around when you take a it's picture. It's a great idea. It is the the internet has become a, a really 
great tool for being an indie band, I find. Yeah. Um, the problem with it, though, is like getting noticed through all the shit. Yeah. Because there, unfortunately, is a lot of it. Um, yeah. I just had a conversation with uh, this exact same topic with somebody a couple of days ago. Uh, actually, Zane Chowdhury. I okay. Know if you know him or not? I don't know. I, I think I'm yeah. familiar with him. Yeah, he, he's he's a local phenomenon. He, he's he's not. He's a music lover, a okay. music music appreciator, and lover. Uh, great guy. Anyways, he he loves like older music from the '70s and '80s and in '60s and and the industry at that time. And I I was so when I went to school for music and and developing my career. Pardon me. I know. I I I was like. I was in the change. Like I saw all this yeah. change happen with with the, um, with the development of the internet and music online, and right. and 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 I just watched the industry crumble. All the right. record stores started closing, and, right. and record companies panicking. Right. Um, because the industry was a lot smaller and controlled back then because right. because recording equipment was was so expensive mm-hmm. and and you had to maintain it and you had to have professionals run this stuff. I mean, anybody can run their own recording. Uh, system now and mm-hmm. do it at home mm-hmm. um, but only the best of the best were recorded back then like because it cost so much because the investment was so great to to, to make a really good sounding record that um, bands had to be really good and then they had to and, and then they had to gain the support of record companies or, 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 or financial investors right not not just to make the record and hire the facilities but also to to market the music right it was all controlled and 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 the only way to get into that is if if the companies and the people investing knew that they were going to get a return on this yep. so you had to be fucking good yeah and 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 now when you listen to music from the 60s the 70s the 80s that's like the best of the best made it i you, agree with you, that. you had to pass yeah. you had to pass the gatekeeper the, yep. the money keeper right right now it's like you got it right it's it's like just a, a an ocean of of people wanting to be heard and it's like how, how do you get heard well Persistence. Yep. Being really good. Yep. Um, and and then and then having having something to say that that people actually give a shit about. I agree with that. I, f- I feel like uh, I think if you're, and this is just in my experience, I feel like if you're very good at marketing, you could almost be more successful. Because that's, I mean, you really, possibly. I, I, I mean, I that I'm, helps. But I mean, if if you're marketing a, a piece of shit, you know what I mean. People are gonna go out. Yeah, that's a piece of shit. You're right. You are right about that. I agree. Right. Um, but I, I still, but there's still. Not to say you guys are a piece of shit. No, you no, guys, no. Guys, I, I really do enjoy your music. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, but I do find though, like you know, even if the the music is shit, the people that are marketing it well. They're still being heard by masses more so because they were better getting it to that top, that mm-hmm. you know, the upper level of yeah. There, there's a fine balance between confidence and um, and and then and just being annoying, right? <laughs> right. So develop your music to the point where it's really good, right? And then have that confidence. A lot of people have that backwards, and and I've seen it, and and that can be detrimental. Mm-hmm. Because that that overconfidence sometimes you you'll start promoting the heck out of something and it's not ready right to 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 really be heard and and people go oh, that's that's okay right right you want it to be great I agree and then market the hell out of right. it right I mean good to me the test is like how is a band live you know that's mm. uh, I mean I'm, I'm sure a lot of people know that or think that as well but to me that's the ultimate test because you know you can you can do all sorts of tricks in the studio yeah that's and, true. 
but your music really speaks to someone live. I, I remember uh, yeah. seeing Billy Talent at uh, Bayfest years ago, and How I didn't they? I didn't like them okay. prior to seeing them, and then I saw them, and yeah. I've been a fan ever since. Just their live show turned me onto them. Yeah. I think that's a I don't know with the with the music that's that's out there now, and probably more so pop. Mm-hmm. It's uh, those live shows don't you know that's where it is for me. Yeah. Um, as far as being in production goes, um, just to talk about your studio a bit. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, do you have a favorite aspect of it? Is there, you know, like mixing or... Yeah, mixing. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Well, th- th- hmm, good question. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> There's a, it depends on the artist too, right? Right. But sometimes... Uh, I'll tell you. First of all, there's a really big difference between working with a with a full band and then and then just uh, like a singer songwriter. Yeah, the full band's more like uh, like daycare. Yeah, because <laughs> just because there's a lot of personalities yep. to deal with, and and understanding the dynamic of how everybody works together, mm-hmm. and then and then sort of figuring out how to round that energy up and in, in, into capturing something that's that's natural and, and getting the best performance, as opposed to working with a singer songwriter where there's a lot more discussion and and introspection into you know the origin of the song and how to how how to emote it and how, you know you know what what's the story behind the song and 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 um and, and then producing it in a manner that that supports the story right so i enjoy those aspects mm. but i also really enjoy um working on my own and mm. and and just sitting in in front of my my workstation and that's okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> sitting in front of my workstation, and uh, you know, with the lights low and 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 absorbing into the music, mm-hmm. and it's almost like painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of a sudden, I have all these tracks. You know, the drums, the guitars, whatever, the, whatever's involved in the song, all the elements, and 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 they're like colors to me. Yep. And all of a sudden, now I can use these colors to to blend them and paint them into a picture. Right. For your ears. Yeah, and I, I would agree with that. Uh, I've said to lots of people, um, and, and my bandmates as well, like just when it comes to our stuff, why I don't mix it or I keep it in-house is because I find that mixing is an art that you sure you can learn, but mm-hmm. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to your ear, and it's really good to have that unbiased ear that wasn't a part yeah. of writing it yeah. that can be like, you know what, this is kind of shitty. Maybe this is what yeah, we need somebody that's going to interpret it that you trust. Right. I, I, and I feel the same way with mastering. People go, "Why don't I master?" I don't master for that reason because I like to send it off to somebody for that final. Okay. That final opinion. Yeah. Right. Somebody that I trust. Right. I wasn't sure for that if that was a gear thing. Uh, yes and no. I mean, I I've got some great gear, and I know people that are doing it with less equipment than I have. Um. Yeah, no, it's it's just for the objectivity of it, and and because there's specialists out there, right, right, mastering specialists, right. Um, when it comes to recording and engineering a recording, do you still find like because you've been doing this for a, a while now? Yeah. Do you still find it challenging? Um, or always? Yeah. Well, is absolutely. Anything in particular about it? Well, just every every project's different. Every person's different, right? right? The 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 demands of of each each. Unique project has right. has its own challenges, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how, how are we going to capture this? Like, I'll tell you, I, I just I recorded a record with Mike Stevens last uh, was it last fall? Yeah, and we approached it like 
I'm going to say like five different ways. Like yeah. we'd, we'd set everything up and go, okay, we're going to record. And we'd start recording. We're going, we're just not capturing it right. Yeah. And then we'd put people in different rooms and try that way. And then we'd have everybody in the same room. And then, and then it was a challenge of having isolation between the instruments. And then, uh, and then when we'd have certain elements in the same room, like an acoustic guitar and the drums, all of a sudden you've got that, the, the, uh, the bleed, the, from, the leak. Yeah. yeah. The, the sound leak going yeah. from the drums. In it. And, and so every, every, uh, project has its own unique dynamic right. and 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 challenge to to not I wouldn't say overcome but but to, to, to you know to to make the time and and the effort to put the effort into making sure that it's being done the best way that it can mm-hmm. to to honor the songs. When so when a band or you know singer songwriter comes to you, obviously this is a business. So you know not to get into your finances, but. You know, this is a living for you. That's part of it. Right. It's, it's not my. 100%. It's not your. But I mean, maybe at some point, I don't know. Anyway, my question is, uh, and I'll answer that if you want me to. Um. Okay. Well, you know, did it, did it start out being, you know, your your main source of like income? Never. Never. And I never want it to be. Well, that's that's cool. And that's, I'll tell you why. Because I I don't want, I don't want this business. What I'm doing here. Yes. Yes. I I make some money at it. Yep. Because there's overhead, there's costs, right? Yep. I have insurance to pay. I've got I've got equipment to to maintain and upkeep. Yep. Um. And and my space. I need I need to I need to pay people or I'll get kicked out. Right. <laughs> right. Right. Um. But I don't want it to be my main source of or my only source of income. I like to diversify mm-hmm. just because. Uh, I don't want to have to. Uh, ever be in the position where, my main motive is 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 just to keep things moving just to make right, money right right all of a sudden my perspective on what i'm doing changes and and then and then i'm not in it for the art anymore the enjoyment of it anymore i'm like i feel like it'd be more like panic mode like i have to get this done right, right. i have to get i have to work with this person i got to i got to start pushing people now right to get to get things done to make that money which segues to my next question um have there and you don't have to name them obviously, but do you ever get artists, bands, whatever, come to you and and you just you know I I can't I can't do this because either you don't believe in it or it's it's garbage. I mean, well, yeah, I I I never phrase it like that. <laughs> uh, you're not ready for me. No, it's never. You know like what that. I mean, right? Like, you do you ever have to sift through shit? But there's there's been times where. I feel like I wouldn't be able to um, be able to serve somebody like just because I don't think my skill set would be okay. What I don't think I'd be able to contribute to make to, to help them. Right, right. And and I don't. And again, and it comes down to that same thing. I don't want to have to put myself in that position just right. because I need money. Because it's not going to look good for me at the end of the day either, right? right. If if I if I'm just doing something because I need the money, yep. and I really don't want to work with this person, yep. not because it's who it is or or the kind of music. It's not about that. It's like, just there's just certain types of music that 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 I've I've worked on throughout the years that I'm comfortable with. Yeah. Sometimes I'll challenge myself, um, but. Uh, <sighs> If I don't feel like I can help somebody, I'm, I'm definitely not going to do it just for the money. Okay. I'd, I'd rather just stay away because at the end of the day, if they're not happy, yep. I'm not happy. Word's going to get out that I didn't do a good job yeah. or they, they weren't satisfied with the results. Yeah. 
and I did it for a few bucks. So that's a pretty short term thinking. Right. Um, <clears throat> when you're when you're in a session, as so okay, I guess I have a couple questions for this. First <laughs> off, when somebody hires you, because um, I know we have before, yeah. uh, we've done a couple songs together. You mixed all our EP, but like when you're hired, do you do you take on the producer role right away, or is that kind of Again, it depends on the project, right? right? Because, like, well, in in the case of your band, yeah. you guys, you're you're self contained. Mm-hmm. You 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 your mute your songs are already produced. Yeah. Like you've you've worked it all out. You put the time in, and that's and 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 my advice for any band, if you can, is do as much as you can on your own. Right. You got your own recording setup at home. That's great. Yeah. Even if you just use it to, to 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 record them and listen back to it objectively, right? And, yeah. and go, oh, what do we want to change in this? And then go to the studio. Sure. Um, but getting back to the question, so, sometimes I work with an artist that that pretty much self produces, and I'm I'm more of an engineer and mixer. Yep. Uh, and, and maybe maybe helping out with some consultation along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then some artists, yeah, I'll I'll I'll, I'll be one hundred percent the producer. Like they'll come in with a bare bones acoustic song, and I'll say, well, I envision this. What do you think? And they say, yeah. And then we build it up from an acoustic song to like full production with. A, a whole band and we'll hire different various artists yeah what i like about working with you in the the times we have especially recording is you really give your unbiased opinion um i, I remember in particularly one there was one time where i think i had a, this this guitar riff that i wanted to layer into a song and you know you said something really simple that actually has stuck with me since it was just like well does it make the song better yeah you know um do you find it hard to not interject with a band or an artist when they're in here when they you know they have an idea and they're persistent about it but maybe in your knowledge and your experience it's i know it comes it's subjective the sound mm-hmm. of it but it it just doesn't work how do you yeah it's co- it's just happened a couple times and and sometimes i i i have to de- defer to, one to the person that's paying me but also that's that's the vision they see and sometimes it might not be what I see, and right. I I have to accept that, right. like in any relationship, right? Yeah. Sometimes you just gotta go. I don't see it, but but then again, you know. Uh, well, I'll gi- I'll give an example. I'm not gonna give out the artist's name, but he had some. I enjoyed working with him, but he had some uh, influence, musical influences that that weren't mine. And yep. this is getting back to the other thing we were talking about earlier about, you know. Um, maybe not being able to contribute in certain right, circumstances. Right. And I just didn't hear what he was hearing. Yep. And he says, no, this is the way I want it. I'm like, okay. And and, and still to this day, I, I listen to him like, ah, I, I don't know, man. I, I probably wouldn't buy that record. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I, I did, the to the best of my ability, gave him what he wanted, and he was happy, and, and technically it's a good record. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Um. I just have a few more questions that I can think of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, kind of the same topic. Do you ever come away after you know a session's done, your mixing is done, you sent it off to mastered, you listen to it, and are you ever not satisfied with your work, or just like ah, this this didn't turn out to be as you know? Well, there was there's one instance that I can remember in particular, and it the the mix is I I never let a mix go unless I'm happy with it, right? Or my my the the client the artist I'm working with is very happy with it. Yep. And again, like I said with that other that record I was talking about in, in particular, technically it was good. There was a couple things I wasn't 100 percent happy with, 
but the the artist was. And I'm like, I I have to I have to defer to that. This one time I worked with an artist and um, I was happy with the mixes. She was happy with the mixes. We sent them off to mastering, <clears throat> and um, I'm not going to tell you who the mastering uh, person was. I never worked with them before and them, and I haven't worked with them since. Um, it wasn't anybody locally, and uh, I got I got back to masters, and I'm like they they carved it up, and it it it, it sounded terrible to me. Okay, and that was the one time where I uh, I actually called them and I said, um, you know, I didn't say this sounds terrible. It was their interpretation of it. Right. I couldn't I couldn't believe it was. I'm like, man, this is like what what are you right? What are you smoking? Yeah. Uh, so we had to go back and forth a couple times and remaster it. Um, but I've never let anything out of here that I wasn't happy with. I, I wouldn't, even if it was like going, you know, even if I was losing money at that point, I'd, I'd make sure it sounded right. That's good. Integrity is good. Well, again, it comes back to, you know, is long-term thinking. Like, yeah. it's, you know, I think some of the best advertising is just word of mouth. Right. And, and, and if, if somebody's like going, man, you know, that Mike, he's, you know, he was okay to work with, but he just let something out. It sounded like, it sounded like a, a turd. Right. Like, but you also have the that perspective good for me? For your, from yourself is uh, where you've recorded albums and you've been the artist. So, mm. you know, yeah, exactly. you can put yourself in that per- Absolutely. Uh, that perspective where, yeah. you know, I'm sure there's big name producers out there, yeah. whatever, that have never done the band thing. Yeah. They've solely done that. So That's true. You know. Um, That's true. Yeah, it's it's good to have a bit of empathy. For right, sure. right. You know, you know where people are coming from. Yeah. If you had to give, uh, this will be two questions really. But uh, the first one is, if you had to give a band starting out, and I won't say starting out from ground up. I'll say um, because that's you know, there's things in that. But say mm-hmm. from there's a band at a level, and they want to take it. You know, okay, let's do this. Let's tour. If there was one piece of advice you could give a band. Um, that maybe you didn't have when you started out touring that you learned after that helped it? Is there anything in particular that comes to mind? Jesus, man. <laughs> That's a loaded That's, question. Yeah. Did you ever see the movie City Slickers? Yeah, a long, yeah, a long time ago. And he's like, the secret to life is this. And, oh, then, yeah. and Billy Crystal goes, your well, finger? Well, I mean, okay. Like, uh, I mean, it, you don't, it doesn't it's have like to be It's like if you can find depth. that one thing. Yeah. It doesn't have to be in depth, but like, is there anything, um, you know, maybe one thing that's, that you guys struggle yeah, with? Yeah, be, be, be willing to, to sacrifice a lot. Right, yeah. Uh, especially time. Yeah, absolutely. And, and money. Yep, it, yeah. It's, uh, the, but, but like any business, it's... Um, yeah, you have to invest a lot, right? Uh, and and be be realistic. I don't know if that's that's not one answer. No, but it's 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 honest because I do think that, and you know, just from my short experience in being in a band, is you don't realize like you know I have a career, but at the same time, if I could play my guitar every day in front of people, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. You don't realize how much time um, and money. But be careful with that too, because. I I, I, I I said the same thing to myself and I did it yeah. all the time. Yeah. And after a while it's like it, it turns into a job. Yeah. And now now all of a sudden I'm looking at my guitar going, 
Oh, I got to pick that up again today. <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. Yeah, and, no. and, and we'd be at a campfire, and people go, "Hey, Mike, why don't you pick up the guitar?" It's like, and I go, "What do you do? Oh, you're an accountant. Why don't you why don't you do my fucking taxes?" Yeah, no, I agree That's, with does that. Does that sound it like is, fun? Yeah, yeah. I mean that. I mean that kind of sheds light onto sometimes maybe why bands break up and and people don't realize that. Well, I think a lot of bands break up because they're not realistic. That too. They're they're not they're not uh, honest with themselves. Right. But I mean, I like even in our short time together, you know, playing a run of gigs. Like I come home and like I don't want to touch my guitar for a couple of days. Yeah. I can imagine you doing it all the time. Well, that's uh, good to have a balance, and that goes back to what, what what I was saying earlier about you know having my my production business as a as a full time gig. Right. I think if I did it all the time, I probably wouldn't enjoy it as much. Right. Um. So to follow that up, if someone were starting out where they wanted to get into the production side, yeah. What What would be your advice on that? Just you know. Aside from buying gear and having a little bit of knowledge, is there? Yeah, learn learn every day. Yeah, like there's always something to learn. Right. I I've been doing this for, I don't know, man. Well, like I said, I I, I really started my professional career in the mid '90s, mm-hmm. and I'm still learning. Yeah. But like technology is always evolving. The 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 industry is always changing. It's dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um. Even even things like psychology, I read psychology books. That yeah. help that helps my career. It's not right. just it's not just about music and, you know, I've heard stories of like people going to studios and it stinks like cigarette smoke and <laughs> you know and just like, and I won't name any names. Just th- there's a certain level of professionalism. It, it's a business, I right? Agree. So I agree. Treat it like a business and 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 always learn 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 about people, learn about music, learn right. about gear. It's not. It's not just one thing. Right. What I love about coming here and working with you, aside from your knowledge, is like it's presentable here. It's comfortable. Like the atmosphere is great here. Yeah, we have uh, toilet paper. <laughs> and sanitizer and soap, <laughs> which is great. It smells um, good. I th- asked you this before we started recording, but obviously with we're this is being recorded in March uh, during the worldwide pandemic of yeah. uh, coronavirus, but you haven't felt the effects of that as a small business owner. Not yet, no. I think this could be kind of <clears throat> good for music. Yeah. Like if people step away from doing the live performance for a while and, and this will be a chance. And I'm I'm seeing it online already. Uh a lot of a lot of my music friends are and acquaintances are um becoming more creative and yeah. like, and 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 reaching out and and doing more like online collaborations. Right. Yeah. I was just going to say that you kind of have to be more creative and it is a great time to really like jamming your stuff down people's throat because like people are gonna be sitting at home and you know netflix is is great but yeah, i wonder if there's gonna be a lot more like babies later this know. fall there's too many good shows on netflix yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like it's like cabin fear people are gonna start getting pregnant yeah yeah um so what where can people find you uh you know, online online groveproductions.com yeah uh i don't know i I feel like I should have named this business like after my name, but I feel like uh, having having the name The Grove Productions is like something I can hide behind. Yeah, no, no, it's right? it it's a good name. It, it, yeah, it sounds like more professional. It does than just yeah. my name. Yeah, uh, but yeah, thegroveproductions.com, social media, right? Yeah, uh, Facebook, in, in, Instagram under Mike McKay's, yep. Facebook under Mike McKay's, or The Grove Productions. Yep, and you're still not. You're still sometimes doing sound at Patty's. Yeah, still there uh, at least once a month. Yeah. Mike's the great sound guy. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that's all I have. That's good, man. Thanks. For, I enjoyed this. Uh, that's great. I'm glad you did. Yeah. Uh, thanks for doing this. I don't know when it'll be posted, but I'll let you know. Thanks, buddy. All right, thanks. Okay, bye.
So that was my interview with Mike McKay's of the Grove Productions. Um, if you'd like more information on what he does or what services he offers, you can check out his website, uh, thegroveproductions.com. You can find him on Facebook, uh, The Grove Productions, and he's on Instagram under Mike McKay's. Um, if you want to check out his weekly show called Beyond Mainstream that's on K106.3 FM uh, that runs Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Um, the shows are pre-recorded so you can also go back and listen to them if you go on SoundCloud and search Beyond Mainstream uh, which I will link in the description of this episode. Um, yeah, so Mike, interesting character, great haircut. Uh, I love working with them and, uh, that's all for now till next time. Ah!